Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Monday, August 22, 2022. Uh, this is a prophetic day, I guess, August 2222. So um, that probably adds up to something good, but we'll have to ask Johnny when he comes on. Anyway, uh, I want to thank everyone for the birthday wishes over the weekend. My birthday was two days ago and I think on Facebook, I had over about 500-ish people that sent birthday wishes. And Facebook instituted some weird new policy. I started going through them and liking them one at a time. I wanted to acknowledge everyone that just said happy birthday. And if that's all they said, I wanted to tell them thank you by at least liking it. I get get to about 30 likes and it shuts off. It says, sorry, you can't do this for a while because it looks like spam. It's acting like spam. So then I had to wait hours. Then I started to do it. Uh, again, they get, let me do about th- 30 likes and then it shut me off again. So I just have to say uh, thank you, everybody, because I'm not going to be able to like all those. It'll take me weeks at this rate to like them all. So uh, what a weird, useless, sorry, guys, but that's just like a useless rule. They can't even let you like your own stuff for it because it might look like spam. That's that's something really wrong with that. So anyway, deep state, let's just call it what it is anyway. Welcome to the broadcast. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, every week in the news gets more and more fascinating. You know, after that thing with, uh, after the, I started to say break-in, it was a raid, but it was kind of a break-in uh, that the FBI did. Um, things took a shift in this nation, and, and the Patriots have said this far and no further. I mean, we're not going to take anything to violence. I don't mean it that way, but I mean, we're, the, the Patriots are becoming less and less and less silent and letting their voices be heard and calling their congressmen and senators and um, police, whatever it is, you know, but um, there, I just heard that the uh, judge almost reversed the, that approved the raid. Now is saying he's not going to let them completely uh, refuse to give this affidavit to make it public. He may let them redact some of those things. Anyway, we'll ask Johnny about that. I think I'll just do that right now. Um, because I don't have any other announcements. I just want to thank you all for the happy birthday thing. Welcome to the broadcast. So uh, without further delay, let's watch Johnny Enlow unfiltered. Here we go. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children well happy monday johnny good to see you as always we miss you in between times we're going to try and get you on a little more often during this really intense time we may get you on more than once a week uh on some of our weeks just like we did with cat so hopefully if you're i know you're a very very busy man but we'll try and get you on so hey before we jump i don't know what you're going to talk about today i'm just looking forward to it but I was commenting on the raid. I accidentally started to call it a break-in, uh, but it felt like that rolled right off my tongue because it wasn't. What are your? Do you have any thoughts that that weren't something you were already going to share about? What do you feel like that that shifted in the nation when that happened? Well, it shifted some things, probably a lot of things. It definitely shifted public opinion. It definitely yeah. shifted, uh, independence and centrists and even. Uh, even quite far left, um, 
and individuals are greatly protesting on that. So, you know, overall, I think we're really in some sort of showtime since Roe v. Wade, since the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I think we're in a progression of of, of, of a reveal and of an awakening of the people to the whole next level. And, you know, sometimes I'm not quite sure how much I should share um, because there are certain things that are taking place are designed yeah. to awaken people. And sometimes, yeah. there's, you know, there's a rude awakening kind of, I think I repeat this point over and over. If you're asleep, you need a bucket of water, cold water into your face if you're asleep at a time like this. And then if you're, if you're fully awake and maybe uh, petrified by what you've uh, been awakened to, then you need to be calmed down and say, hey, God's at work, he's in charge. And so I understand that the, primarily that will be what our crowd is, we'll say, those who are listening, but there will be some who are still asleep. And so, uh, you know, I do believe that there was no surprise to President Trump and his team that this was happening. I really think there's a setup there um, where they had things that President Trump has declassified before, but is not, despite the fact that he declassified it, has not made it out. And so it's almost like a trap was set. So they have now discovered some things and they're in a bind if they don't reveal it. And he wants to re it revealed. And he says, yeah, go ahead, uh, show everything. And they, they, they kind of have to, it seems like. And so there is seemingly some information, uh, a reveal to the nation that was not happening in the way it should have. And so they were entrapped into, into uh, going after something that he wanted to reveal. So, yeah, so his, yeah, and I, that's probably what you mean when you say you don't know how much to say, but I think he was saying it on the X-22 report. So some of that theory is out there that it was like, come on, come on in and just do it. Just do what you're going to do. And the safe was primarily empty except what, he wanted them to have, and he was none of his family were there. And it's like, you know, how mysterious that, you know, <laughs> his house was clean and in order and waiting for them, you know. <laughs> well, so I think several things. I think, you know, that you follow up Roe v. Wade, and there are some rulings that the Supreme Court made. There's the release of the 2,000 mules. Um, and there's the follow-up that took place, you know, a week ago. And uh, we, we reported a, a little bit on it. For those who want more details, there's all over the place. But Elizabeth. Oh, and I was, you know, let me just interrupt for a second there. I was supposed to announce on it before that Greg Phillips will be on the show tomorrow. He will oh, give I us an in-person report on that. So um, I'm not sure what they're calling it. Are they are they labeling it something like? Well, it was it was called um, ripping the cord, the pit. Um, and it's, it's based on a scripture in Psalms 94, 13 or 12 or something about till the enemy's in the pit. There's something you do. Okay. And uh, you could ask him all that, but the pit and ripping the cord. And so um, and what seems to be kind of a surprise coordination of it, Mike Lindell's event over the weekend, which somehow was going under radar uh, that he did, I believe, in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, you know, he had done whatever, a year ago, uh, a highly advertised, and this is going to blow it wide open, and it, it undersold a little okay. bit, partially because uh, the, uh, you know didn't give it proper attention, but apparently 
movie called, was it, instead of election, it, the word selection is there. Basically, it's telling us that our, our, our processes, our electoral process have not been uh, true elections. They have been selections. By selection, I mean it's pre-programmed, planned algorithms. and. I think that movie, yeah, it's, coming, it's called The Selection Code, I think it is. The Selection goes with it. And so apparently, I didn't see it, but that was really good. And a lot of people commenting on, wow, uh, that, that was very revealing, very solid. And, um, and so it just looks like there is coordination on all points on getting, I say, whether it's God coordinating, I think there's some other coordination as well. But there is, uh, you know, designed to really reveal to the American people the things that have been going on that have to change from here on out. And I think the, the Mar-a-Lago reveal is, is part of it as, as well. So it's good. Good. But, awesome. Well, okay. I'm going to turn this over to you and see, I'm, I'm really interested to see what you have to say today. It's always good. So, well, it's related to that. It's interesting because I, I kind of got a, a, a weird word from the Lord it's not weird in one way, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it was like, huh. He said, I'm sending the deprogramming angels. And, and so the deprogramming angels, it's not weird from the standpoint we do need deprogramming. We have a brainwashed civilization population. The reason we're having these things have to happen, these coordinated awakenings for the American people, really the global population, is because there has been you know, a slumber that's been on on us all induced yeah. induced you know not just through our own spiritual laziness we have to say it's induced through control mechanisms most of us weren't aware of we didn't realize i mean that's some more stuff just over the weekend i can't remember the exact numbers but since 2019 there has been like 53 billion bits of information coming through just twitter alone on how they steer not just conversation, but thinking. It's really, we are under an AI operation. We just didn't know it. We thought Twitter, uh, the numbering, the numbers that are released, the top 10 and everything else as legit, but it's basically, there's a bot farm of yeah, 50 billion, uh, uh, you know, not real people out there. And so they echo what what is desired to be echoed by, whether you call it deep state, new world order, all that kind of stuff. They have been running these sort of operations, and, and this stuff is being exposed and revealed through all the negotiations with Elon Musk on Twitter. Is Twitter really what it says it is, or is it basically more of a bot farm, more of a programming uh, brainwashing operation that doesn't do it alone as well? It's in coordination with other, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Google, other things as well. So that's being exposed to the american people as never before and so because of it yes there has been sleep some of it just spiritual laziness but a lot of it it's really been an unfair um you know attack of the enemy all all points bulletin you know just kind of for all seven mountains and echoing we find out is that you know if it's a pro vaccine thing they they'll release this army of uh, I don't know how many millions or whatever out there echoing in it. And they also, you know, search out whoever is going against it. And then there's a like talking them down and 
and they have a whole program how to sound legit, how to how to not sound like you're a bot, how how to sound like a person, and how to endlessly go after uh, those who are truth, you know truth speakers, and so those who will tell the truth are being attacked horrendously and have been, and they've advanced a lie, and it's been just it's part of this progressive reveal taking on. So back to this thing of. Then he gave me some just some insights about the, these deprogramming angels, what they're doing, and some interesting pictures with it. And then a scripture attached to harvest time and the age of harvest um, that we're in. There's an application of Matthew 13 from one of the parables Jesus gave that is really for us right now. And that's that's what I wanted to share with a little bit. But here's here's what he was saying. So these deprogramming angels, like, oh, okay, what would be another word? For them, Lord, deprogramming angels. He says, "Well, they're truth angels. They're truth." And and then I just saw this vision of these of these angels, and they're uh, uh, they're very strong, as you would expect. Very well, I don't know if you expect or not. Uh, uh, there was just deep blue eyes, but they were carrying. Uh, they look like syringes, but they're what I heard is they're carrying blue serum, and and they are removing um, filters. From uh, from the eyes of individuals, so I saw this picture of uh, it was a stage, huge stage, and and so and then the people were in the crowd. It's like it's like a theater, and they're looking at it. But what most were seeing, most of the people had filters on, mm. and we really have good understanding with this right now with the filters you can put on your phones, and then everything looks uh, you know skewered, messed up based on the filters that you're wearing. And so these filters were causing people to see only what was being superimposed on, think of a stage and a big curtain. So the big curtains all the way, they, they didn't see the curtain, and they just saw what was superimposed. And then even when the curtain was open, they didn't see what was behind that curtain. And then there was the back curtain where things really are organized. Just you know, think of what's going on when, when you see a play or drama or something like that. That's where the actors or actresses are sent to. And so we're mm. in this season of reveal. So again, it just kind of fits in perfectly with the conversation we're having at the beginning. We're in a season of a great reveal. And so we have these angels. They're really angels of truth. And these angels of truth are, uh, are bringing this uh, truth serum. And it was like they were injecting, it's say, a heavenly vaccination of truth. They were but they were having to pull off the filters off people so they could see correctly. And so there was, um, um, there was a shock people were having at, first of all, having that, oh, that was a filter. I wasn't seeing things correctly. But then just to add to the interesting thing, so the Lord was also saying, it is showtime. And he says, but what I'm passing around is blue popcorn. And so these angels are bringing blue popcorn. And so why the blue popcorn sounds yeah. strange and weird as well. But it's said it's popcorn. It's show. We've heard this thing said behind the scenes. Enjoy the show. Popcorn mm-hmm. is such a show. You know, you get popcorn. You're watching a movie. So we are watching a movie, but we're in it as well. So it's it, but a lot of what we're seeing, like these things where we're trying to, OK, did this was that legit at Mar-a-Lago? Uh, how much of it was known? How much of it was a setup? And there's all kinds of things being revealed, the question being asked over and over. Was that legit? Was that 
whether it's from, we'll say, the deep state, was that a false flag event they just pulled off? Or even from, we'll say, the good guys. And so they have their whole planning that, that they're doing, but the Lord's like this popcorn. He wants us to enjoy the show, but to the degree we've been asleep, back to that point, because blue is the color of revelation, so there's awakening. This thing, this, that's this color blue is over there. It was blue eyes. It's a blue serum. It's a blue popcorn. It's an awakening time. So there's been sleep. He wants us to enjoy it, but to the degree there's been slumber and sleep, the first, uh, the, it doesn't go straight from sound to sleep to enjoying it. Um, you have to have been awake, shocked a little bit, gone through rude awakening a little bit, and then it's finally enjoyable. But the, the Lord really does want us to begin to enjoy the exposure of the enemy. Begin to enjoy the exposure of the enemy. Begin to enjoy seeing Haman hung on his own gallows. It's happened in different settings and different storylines we could bring up. We're going to see that. I mean, there's a report, just the CDC now coming out. I don't know how they get away with what they're doing, but the NIH, the CDC, pretty much admitting numbers were wrong, calculations were wrong, six feet was wrong, um, Fauci is, uh, you know, going to step down uh, officially real soon. He thinks he's going to uh, get out of the heat for that, but he's mm -hmm. not. Uh, there's definitely uh, justice coming to him, has oh, come coming to him, uh, depending on where in, you know, where the show is on this. And, but part of what the American people will see is that there is a, a report last week of um, healthcare workers receiving millions and millions of dollars for having been wrongfully um, in, separated from their, their job and having lost their job. And there's gonna be more and more and more of those things I think there's a, an appeal being made. There was some senator making an appeal to doctors and nurses saying, like, you're the ones who have allowed this lie to continue. You know beyond, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt now, be strong, be bold. And I'll add to that. You have the ability to stop this lying scenario, this lying uh, uh, narrative regarding both the COVID-19, the vaccines. There is more than enough proof and those who who are in any kind of strong way still trying to promote that narrative you just they're just asking for the front end of a judgment um, both natural and spiritual because it's the damage done has been horrendous and so mm. yeah so anyway this is uh so showtime it's showtime it's showtime again it's been showtime but there is aspects of it so these deprogramming angels, there is an awareness, heaven knows that there is um, there's a lot of slumber that has taken place because of this programming, this brainwashing. As I said a couple of weeks ago, the Holy Spirit is running the agenda. It is it, really as in the days of Jesus, he's the one, the impulsing of, uh, of events is coming from the Holy Spirit. And we're not a victim in this. We're not orphans. We're not like, oh my goodness, are they going to? put something over on us is uh, this reset going to knock us out and send us back to 500 million people and no that's what they're been attempting been trying they've been doing things they've been killing us in all kinds of ways but in the midst of that the holy spirit has been rescuing us sustaining us probably only in eternity or unless somebody reports from eternity will we know 
how much of sickness and disease was held back just through all the particularly spirit-filled meetings, worship events, praising the Lord, throwing out these prayers. We exalt you. You're mighty. Just breaking down things that were released against us, even in the atmosphere. We know just how the chemtrails, how they've attempted against us through that. I think we're going to find out that there was, even though we didn't know how to intentionally go against deep state stuff, there was just in the exalting of the Lord and radically worshiping, praising his name and the increase of that. There has been a warfare of sorts that was released on our on our behalf. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. The battle is the Lord's as, as we do that. And he's asking us now to do so with a little more understanding. He's exposing the enemy in a little clearer way. So he's he's like, you know, let's let's keep doing that. Let's keep making the declarations and keep worshiping and really not knowing where where it's all going and what what all you know what what battles the Lord is fighting on our behalf and and now we do know more of that and then let's let's participate in a practical way with um, you know particularly as the election election matters uh, the primaries and going into the midterms. Whether it, whether it takes place or not, um, we want to be active and activated uh, because uh, as believers, where they sense that our presence is going to be, uh, where those who would cheat and those who would do fraud again, where they, they become at minimum concerned that there's going to be 100 patriots sitting at every ballot box and that there's going to be every table, there's going to be 10 eyes. Uh, or more of of those who are saying no more, no more, and of course they tried to cheat by many more means than that. They they really exhausted all the forms of cheat, um, uh, seemingly ten, twenty forms of cheating, and so this the Lord says, yeah, participate in that as well to your ability ability to do so. So. Okay, and I would just just let me interrupt at one point here because I want to make sure people don't miss this one point you made, which is Johnny, you're saying it is absolutely God's intention, desire, plan that in these very days and weeks that we're in right now, we're supposed to be in a place He wants us to be enjoying this reveal. He wants us to be having fun at the takedown of the deep state. It is. And, and again, those of you who have been awake and this is like, oh, this is taking so long. The Lord's saying, enjoy, enjoy the takedown, enjoy the reveal, the exposure of the enemy. He has mocked us. He has upped the ante on his destruction, on his, his intentions. And so he really there's to, how to know if you've been properly positioning yourselves. There's there's been a substantial amount of enjoyment since Roe v. Wade. There yeah. have been multiple rulings, multiple events. Uh, there's, you know, they're just depending, I could just take the whole program looking at who's quitting. Brian Steltner, that's his name from CNN, stepping down. Um, the people that are stepping down, quitting from all kinds of places, from governmental positions, from uh, corporations, business, and it's just happening even at a global level, and and then and then the the embarrassments of uh, 
of the deep state and how they're getting caught in things. Yeah, they're still doing damage. And so I understand as well for those who are like, this is not enjoyable for me. This is, this is, I lost somebody during this season, et cetera, et cetera. The Lord knows about that. And just always remember whoever you lost that was a son or daughter of the king, they didn't, they didn't go anywhere harmful. They, it, it, you know, as you can listen to Cat Kerr and hear that there's no sadness in being transitioned to heaven. Uh, so that is, that is only a, a good thing. But yeah, so I want us to look at, um, and you don't have to open there because I didn't tell you about it, but Matthew 13. And I want to, uh, the Lord also in conjunction, in connection, we'll say, with these angels being sent, these angels of truth that, that you know, if it offends someone's religiosity too much to hear deprogramming angels bringing blue popcorn, they're angels of truth, and they're for such a time as this. And there's there's a parable that the Lord is saying, you know, it, it, this parable was either actually put in there specifically for our time, or it's one that's it will have a repeat uh, scenario in the future, perhaps. It might have multiple. There's a lot of things like that in the scripture. They kind of have multiple reveals and applications. Just, you know, Peter was saying in Acts 2, the apostles were saying, this is that which was spoken by the, by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in Azusa, you hear that that was the verse during the Azusa Street Awakening Revival that we had in Los Angeles and California, you know, over you know, 120, almost 120 years ago, was that scripture again, this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. In the last days I will pour out my spirit. And so there is a revisiting of things. But here's, here's the, it's the parable of the wheat and tares. And so it's Matthew chapter 13 and verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Now, I had to, I circled some things as I was writing this down, but I want that noted. He didn't just put good seed in a field. It was good seed in his field. So you could call his field either the earth, but it could be the church as well. And there's going to be an application for that. But while men slept, and that's worth hanging on there for a second. What, but, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. In fact, I'll just read it through and then I'll come back and comment. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow until let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, before I break that down, I want us to jump over to verse 35 because he begins to tell how he's uh, in verse 36. Jesus, his disciples weren't really happy with the level of explanation. They thought, I'll just read it. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the ter terrors of the field. And he answered and said, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. 
The field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those that practice lawlessness. The Son of Man will send out, I'm saying that verse again, the Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. So I want us to um, think of this instead of being uh, where it says the end of the age, the harvest is the end of the age. This is the application the Lord has for us right now, that it didn't say the harvest is the end of all times. It's the end of the age. And we are at the end of an age. We're at the end of an age. We're entering into the age of the kingdom. We're exiting the age of organized church. And so it doesn't mean a proper church, ecclesia church. Ecclesia is the Greek word for it. Jesus used the word that hadn't been used in religious context before. He didn't say, I will build my temple and the gates of hell will not prevail. He did not say, I will build my synagogue and the gates of hell will not prevail. He used the word never before used religiously, I will build my ecclesia. And the ecclesia was this community of those who came out of their houses. The ek was to come out of their homes and to deal with, we'll say, Community matters. Uh, it can be community planning for a good future. It can be dealing with challenges. But it was those who would leave their homes, leave your place of comfort, be salt and light. To give you another application, it goes with Jesus' original message to us. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And so we're leaving this organized system where it's about what happens in the building and it's... Uh, you know, a limited focus on souls and, and exiting the planet. And this is now the kingdom. It's now about all aspects of society, every area. So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It says, put your light on a candlestick or a lampstand, seven types of light. You know, we tied in with the seven mountains. We have to have light for government, light for media, light for economy like arts and entertainment, et cetera, et cetera, all seven areas. So this, we are, that's the kingdom. So when the church functions in salt and light mode, we are now in the era of the kingdom. So we're exiting an era. We're exiting an age to apply it to, to this scripture. And there are some key insights here, Steve, uh, for us. Really, they're, they're amazing. So, and I want us to go back. The kingdom of heaven, like a man who sowed good seed in his field. We already read the good man is the son of is, is the son of man. Jesus will send out God, however you want to look at it. And he he sows good seed. And while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. This kind of goes into the conversation we're having a few minutes ago where I was saying there's been sleep. There's been slumber. There's been spiritual sleep and some slumber in the body of Christ. And, and while that happened, there has been a sowing of tares among the wheat by, by the enemy. And so there's an application in the world. A lot of people that we thought were good or not, this is an infiltration. You see the enemy's strategy. 
So what he does is while people sleep, while people are not arising and shining, mm. they're salt and light, he takes advantage. Why do we need a great awakening? Because there's been, but while men slept. Mm. So when me, that's why the application is very specific, personal to us today. But while men slept, then there's a great awakening. There's a rude awakening on the front end of it because we've been infiltrated. And we've been infiltrated in the practical way that we're seeing in government. Rhinos are infiltrated, you know, Republicans in name only. That's an example of infiltration. They have been being exposed in a massive way. That's part of the exposure, part of the show um, that's specifically been accelerated in a, in a just a huge way since Roe v. Wade. You just take this look back, what just happened in Arizona with, um, I won't even go into the names there, but we know both there in Wyoming, Wisconsin, we've had, and all over really, but those are ones, those are states that stand out that key longtime Republican names. It needs to happen. Uh, just for the record, this needs to happen in Alaska, Alaska as well. And I'll go ahead and name her, Lisa Murkowski. Um, and she comes from a whole tradition. Her father was Frank. And they are part of this rhino. This is part of integration in, a, in this kind of way, where the enemy comes and sows seed in the midst of what's good. And so there's supposed to be a party that's supposed to be for life, for values, for the right thing. They're the original um, the original party that fought for freedom from slavery, you know, the whole narrative has been twisted and changed, but we can see the application even there is in a party that's supposed to be for God-fearing directives, you could say, how it was infiltrated. The enemy came while they're asleep, and so we didn't recognize it. So that's part of what's being exposed right now. Mm. But when the thing had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. Now, this is also, we've been speaking just a little bit about that in the body of Christ. So there's the same infiltration. And just like there is rhinos, there's like, I'll, you know, kinos, kingdom and name only, or, or chinos from the standpoint of Christians, CH, you know, Christians in name only. They're being exposed. But here, is, perhaps this will answer the question that I've had. It, for some some of you will have the same question I had before the Lord is why he's allowing certain things to go on and certain individuals and situations uh, that have been exposed. Why is he allowing them? Why, why is well, there's been some level of exposure, but the just judgment hasn't come. The justice hasn't come. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir. Did you not sow good seed in your field? In mm. your field, the church, what should be the church? Lord, God, did you not plant? Did you not say you're going to raise up apostles, prophets, fivefold ministry, however you want to look at it? And how then does it have tares? Um, just as I've been, I've been having conversations behind the scenes about a lot of stuff that should be exposed. We have a lot of leaders in the body of Christ who are. Um, who are not operating correctly. There is great sin in their life. They have not yet been exposed and they threaten with lawsuits all over the place for when they get challenged and said, you can't still do that. It's like, well, you want to talk to my attorney. And I know about those situations presently right now. And I'm in, involved in some of those situations. And so you're like, Lord, how do you permit this? And, and so how then does it have tears? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? So this was interesting. 
There's like, do you want to go deal with this? Bring justice. But he said, no. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. And I'm going to explain this in a minute. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, that timing is important for right now. At the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat to my barn. And again, for everybody who's listening with us, I want us to take this as present event, present age, present moving out of the age we're in into a new one, present application on this entire thing. Don't think into the world, end of days, whatever other application uh, you've, you've given it for right now. And I don't know if, how much farming you've done uh, Steve or know about it, but when I lived in my parents were missionaries, I grew up in Peru, South America. We lived there most of our first 18 years. Uh, several years we were on a, a farm community. And so I was, uh, I specifically work with field crops and garden crops. And, and so you're, if, if people don't understand what, why do you allow weeds? Cause that's what tares are for those who don't know that. Why do we, why would you allow weeds to grow up with with the real plants. And this is something we literally faced often. And we'd find this dynamic, particularly in corn, plant corn. And there was, especially when they're young, like, is that a weed? Or you had to let them grow a little bit because they look, you know, there's fake corn that looks like real corn. Fake sorghum that look like real sorghum. We had fake peanuts that look like real peanuts. Wow. Then you had you had to let them grow enough to reveal themselves, and but then even even then there would be a time where it's so close, uh, uh, even to harvest that you just you just let it go because uh, in in weeding them, and depending on the size of the weeds and all that, there's a reality. So y'all listen to this. Sometimes the weed and the true plant, the corn, if you want to say the wheat. They're on the same clump of dirt. And if, and, if you, and if you take it out by the roots, if you take out what is evil by the roots, it comes from the same clump as the good thing. So you'll harm the good thing. So you just let the harvest take place and, and or uh, the application biblically is he's sending the, and when he tells us, he sends the angels to remove them because there is right at harvest time for most plants, they're no longer susceptible to having their that when plants are young, it's easy for them to be when you're weeding, it's easy to accidentally pull the dirt clump um, that has uh, the little plant as well. You know, and Johnny, so you're saying through this, and you know, you probably have already said it, but it, you're saying that this is this kind of finally explains to me is that's been my question, Lord, how could you let these mega churches being so much sin. How could you let these people where there's molestation happening? How could you let this continue? And this scripture is the answer to that. He had to wait till it was harvest time. And exactly. And then so an application for us. So it's easier to tell the application. Those yeah. who know about understand what happens. You can't weed things uh, too, too soon. You can pull out the good plant with it. So, Let's say we have a lot of these leaders and, and, and the Lord has let me know. And I know from beyond him, letting me know from other things. I know there's a lot of infiltration in the body of Christ. And there's even, you know, 
lot of people doing a lot of things. Um, they have done a good job of, uh, at the end of the day, I don't, I, I'm not going to be the one that calls them weeds or tears. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. Um, but there's something deficient. The point of, because that's when it gets revealed, though, is they look just like it. They grow big. Sometimes weeds will, I mean, weeds will tassel. And you're like, oh, it's the real. But then it's not. It's weed seed that's, that's coming out. It's, it's the wrong there's a right time to weed things. And so, and he says, the Lord says for us spiritually, the right time is at harvest. And so I believe we're right at, we're right at, you know, many people have been calling it, looking for revival and all that. There is a harvest. Harvest has to be connected with this whole reformation assignment with us being salt and light in every area of society, not in some ways, not the traditional revival of only having people raise their hands in a in a crusade we have to expand our, our thinking beyond that but there is isaiah will talk about there's the joy of harvest and so the joy of harvest there's something that comes when the joy of harvest and when when it's it's being under a measure of the glory of the lord to such a degree that we can all of a sudden handle uh the fact the surprise that uh, um, wow i thought that was a real plant I thought that was a real uh, you know, corn stalk. It was real sorghum. And what you find out in, 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 in when you have plants in garden is I, this happened to me growing up. My learning learning curve is I would actually be weeding and caring for a weed. Oh, really? I, yes. And so you're pulling things around it that, you know, are weeds and, and, and you're you're giving it special care and attention. <laughs> And this application is for the body of Christ right now. There's some individuals you're giving special attention and care for, and they're weeds. And they're going to be exposed to such. And you're going to see the fruit of who they are and the seed of that. And, and, and the Lord knows that uh, just in the same way he would care for them in this parable, he's caring for that type of situation. It Again, like you said, Steve, it explains will say delayed justice because he has to consider all those things and he's going to do and he's doing it. There's kind of this slow rollout of justice in the household of God, the exposure that's taking place and it's happening happening in a, in a slow way. There's going to be a much faster rollout, but it's really going to be expedited right when there's this crescendo of harvest that's clearly upon us because that's, there's the joy of harvest that then kind of overrides the disappointment of because uh, it's really there's going to be a lot of idols that come crashing down. Well, you uh, know, and then when I'm thinking about the um, I came through it from a family where there was abuse. And so I know about abuse in the church and in the family. But I'm sitting here thinking, so this explains it, because if God's saying, if I take out every abuser right now in the midst of it, that's their weed, their tear. It'll rip apart even the children who are being abused. The, the the ripping apart will be worse potentially if I rip them out now. They'll suffer a greater loss and exposure than when they're more mature. Something like that, I guess. He has to let. I, that's what I'm getting out of this analogy: is you might accidentally rip out the young plant. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. So that there's a problem with disillusionment. Um, I mean, just in the circles I walk and just the stuff I'm having to talk about and expose behind the scenes, 
it's stunning people and it's and it's hard on them just um in the same yeah, in the same way you know just you, these people you thought were great people whether it's uh, in government or some stars and some sports stars we've had this progressive oh no oh no another one oh, I, I won't mention names again but there's people we thought were just awesome and and they haven't been and they weren't and so this is in mm. the body the lord there's which want people to understand there's a holy spirit caring concern and timing and all these things and and this is where angels come into this process as as well where he, where he tells them um, I'm going to read that verse 30. Let both grow together. Just let both grow together until the harvest. So the Lord's like, this really is an explanation. Why aren't you judging that thing right now? He's like, there's going to be so much harm. It's going to make you feel better that that person is no longer getting away with it. It's going to make you feel better that justice came to roost there. But it's for the protection of the good of the good yeah. plan. Wow. I will, and at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, "Now, first gather the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn." Now, this is also an, uh, an interesting thing, Steve, as who the reapers are, because we often use the script scripture. You know, the fields are white with harvest. Pray the Lord sends labors, and we're like, "Come, we need you out there, getting people saved." And and but it actually tells us who the reapers are. And I'll go back to that verse 39, because they asked the disciples wanted more explanation. He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. Infiltrators, doubles, um, whatever you want to call them in that kind of way. and. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. So we're at an end of an age and we're entering to the age of the kingdom, a new prophetic era. And the reapers are the angels. So we think of reapers of the harvest, people like, yeah, the fields are white with harvest, but it tells us clearly that the angels serve in this capacity. And this is a real underreported, under-established, under under good dynamic going on right now it's the role of the holy spirit that's driving everything the holy spirit's driving everything and angels are involved in real practical ways i think perhaps that's why the lord would give me i'm sending the deprogrammer angels um it's just being very practical pragmatic the angels are there you know, there's filters and you just like we can't understand how do people not see what's going on they're filters and they're filters that have been stuck there they don't know they're filters why they slept, the filter was put on them, and they don't know a filter. Was mm. and so the, yeah, as the expression goes, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. They don't, they're not even being, you know, we think they're being dull or thick or whatever, and maybe they are, but they don't know what they don't know. They're not intentionally being that. They, they Yeah, yeah, we could talk a lot about that, because that's somehow, you know, half the church makes thinks the other half of the church is evil you know, because they don't understand. Right. And so you just see that the challenging dynamics are all just so clear before us now. Yeah. It's just like when you're a farmer, it's funny because when I, you know, I was a 13, 14, 15 year old 
uh, farmer working out there. And I'd have to call some of the, we were in Peru and so I'd, call, I'd have to call in some of the native, the ones that were seasoned and veteran and did it. I was like, is that, and the rice crops would be, you know, like, is that rice or is that weed? They go, that's weed. And they go, that's rice. And so that you don't want to be cutting down rice thinking it's weed and, and vice versa. But there's somebody who sees. And so we have people right now are able to see. It's like, that is a weed. And you not see that. And there are other people not seeing it. And so you're wanting it, you know, it to be called out and let it be, let it be known. And we're not saying don't tell the stuff that needs to be told. We're just saying the angels have a, a big role, big part, and they're being sent. Uh, uh, and they're giving, uh, you know, I'm seeing the picture again. This It's like these blue syringes and it's, and they're, they're injecting them into people. They're removing filters, but part of, they have a role. If you, if you see here that they're harvesters, you can imagine. Well, and I, I you know, the scripture's not in front of me, but didn't that one th thing say the angels, it seemed like it said the first thing they did is they removed everything that was offended. In other words, the angels are taking out the bad guys because we think of the angels, okay, so the angels are the ones reaping for the kingdom of God, but the very first thing they did was they took out the things that offended, it's, which, is, which is not your normal thinking about reaping. No, you don't think of angels doing that, but that's that was the angel's assignment. The enemy who sowed is the devil, the harvest is the end of the age, the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. So everybody read this as the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom. So that's why I want to not just jump into what's going on in government. Yeah. This is his field. And then gathering out of his kingdom. There's a lot of tares in his kingdom right now. And so the Son of Man will send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom, means those that are looking like they're part of his kingdom. This is Kainos, kingdom in name only. They will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. And they will cast them into the fire of furnace. And then it goes on, verse 43. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I want to just emphasize that verse, maybe those last two verses that I just read, because uh, all who offend, that's broad and that can be scary. Okay, what, what, what does that mean? But there is, it makes it clear, those who practice lawlessness. Mm. And this practice of lawlessness is really... Um, Something that's going on, there's a, a, it's amazing, it's like a disease, like a virus has gone on, particularly in, in leaders who have a lot of importance, a lot of following, whether it's musicians in the household of God, and, and it, there's this thing, it's like, well, God is using me, I'm, you know, I'm right there in the field, and I'm, I'm, uh, and I'm big, and people see me and notice me, and so, but there is a practicing of lawlessness that's taking place. So people who have an anointing or are able to, um, it's sometimes it's hard to know, do, does, did, that, did all those people get saved because of that person's anointing or uh, just the grace of God that he's somehow the foolishness of God being wiser than men, that just even though they're charlatans and they don't really believe it, but they happen to say the truth and a lot of people got saved, healed, delivered or, or whatever. It's hard to say, 
but there's a practicing of lawlessness that has been taking place in the household of God. And I just want to just slow down for a second, let people understand that leaders understand that just because you've been getting away with yeah. practical lawlessness and, and very practical lawlessness is this immorality, sleeping around, thinking it's okay uh, um, to, to do that. And because you still, like Samson, you still feel the anointing, you know, Samson's sleeping with uh, a harlot and it says, you know, they would tell him, he wouldn't tell them quite the secret of his strength. Samson, the Philistines, and he said he was breaking my ribs. He's like, ah, I still have the anointing. And it, and it wasn't, it says, and he wists not. He did not know that the spirit of God had left him. He, he played with fire, and then one day it, it was all gone. And so we have to understand gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So he'll often allow the gift to continue to give, even when the person themselves is headed even potentially uh, uh, on a path to hell, you know, wow. of, of, the, of their own choice, because um, the higher level of accountability when you're when you're a, you know, a leader in God's house. So the, the lawlessness of that we're talking about that kind. Of, we're not talking about somebody 58 miles an hour on this highway instead of 55. Yeah. It's it's advancing this. Uh, you know, they just do whatever you feel like it. There's there's just, uh, and I'm telling you, it's just. It, it's been just shocking to me, and I have uh, I thought I was shocked with what I've seen and in leaders and leadership in, in the body of Christ. And don't start second guessing your. Uh, you know, if the Lord doesn't reveal it to you, that's part of for those yeah. who like, know if my pastors, one of them or what or, or not. You ask the Holy Spirit, and there's just tons of really good pastors. This is really the things at, that are at uh, you know the things that are more in danger are the things that are very public large mega those are those are the places where the enemy has really sown seed he's strategic as well so you can say even from this this parable we're talking about there's a sowing of seed and then while men slept the enemy comes where is he going to sow seed he's going to sow it in prime locations he wants them at the top to the mountains the top places of visibility top places of influence he wants it to happen where there's going to be a moving of, of a lot of people. But what happens is when this removal takes place, and it's right when the harvest starts, when the harvest starts, there's exposure and removal because the Lord says the time's right. Because the harvest is right there, um, it, you'll be able to make it. You know, you're, you're going to be shocked. You're going to go, oh, my goodness, I was carrying, you know, the application for myself. I was triple tithing to a man who was also a pedophile, a pedophile and had 10 concubines. He had 10 people on staff that he was sleeping with, and he was a pedophile, and I was triple tithing. You were triple tithing, thinking, you know, thinking God was going to really bless you. Well, the, the truth is, God probably really did bless you for the triple tithe, because your heart was right. But yeah, what you were sowing into. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he helped me, you know, it wasn't like a massive blessing, and I understood that afterwards. I was like, yeah, because if he had blessed me with more, I was going to get more. Yeah. And so funding and financing the wrong thing. I was literally caring for a weed. I was wow. caring for hair. And, and so, um, but the Lord even allowed that, you know, I did that for five years, kind of um, caring for a weed, a bad weed. And then there was all of a sudden eyes were open. We'll say the filter was removed. 
And so there was a seeing, and but it was strategic in the eyes of the Lord because it allowed me to have been there long enough to gain credibility. So when the exposure came, people had somewhere to go. Elizabeth and I were people that were run to by, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people were devastated. Faith was shipwrecked from what they, what the news, because yeah. news, they were able to come. So there's this whole thing of the timing of God. Part of what we're talking about in a special way here this afternoon, this morning is there's the timing of God. Holy Spirit's on it. Angels are on it. They have an assignment. We're not called. We're not by any means saying hide and allow these things to be covered up. In fact, one more time, I'll just say, um, and every time I do, we get you know scores and scores of, of uh, letters from particularly ladies and females that have been taken advantage of in church and, and mm. by pastors and things like this. Do not allow your pastor, your leader, your man of God, uh, do not allow him to talk you into uh, you being a special case. And in some way, God knows he's an exception. He's the anointed one. Can you not see the fruit of what's taking place? Therefore, you need to give in. And then after you've been given in for two or three weeks, he's saying, see, nothing's happened. We're just growing. We got more money. We have more influence. We just got called to this. And it's this setup um, wow. for staying locked, locked into that. But the verse 43, then the righteous will shine forth as the sun, S-U-N. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. So this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So there is, there is a removal of the tares. There is a removal of those who are committing lawlessness from these places of visibility. These that um, really are plants of the enemy. And I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me this one final, um, I don't say a, a redirect on this. What is the difference between a, a wheat and a weed, a wheat and weed, a tear and the actual plant? What's the difference? Because we're talking infiltration and all that. The amazing thing about our God, the amazing greatness of our God is he turned you could say a weed like Saul into a massively fruitful oak tree plant, whatever you want to call corn, name the apostle Paul in an instant. And it's through this thing called repentance. Mm. It still applies. Some of you even out there, I feel like somebody's listening to me right now. You know you are placed in your Christian organization, in your ministry, in your church. You are placed there as a plant. You were, you were seed from the enemy that was strategically placed, infiltration. And it doesn't mean you're doomed to suffer the consequences of that because it's literally, you're just a repentance away from shifting Good word. From, into being the actual uh, fruitful tree and plant you're originally designed to be. So. Good word. Good word, Johnny. Wow. Good to I'd like to just ask you one question, uh, uh, maybe two questions on this whole thing, because we've hit this thing about the mega churches, and you said this probably, I think you said over 90% of mega churches are probably compromised. Am I saying that about right? Or did you? I, I did. I mean, I, and, you know, it's not scientific, but it's, yeah. it's so widespread that it could be as, it could be as bad as 90%. Of the really large mega churches, 
a compromise. It's it's just the whole setup of it is designed, yeah. it's conducive to compromise. And so there's some level of compromise for sure, just from anywhere. And I feel like the Holy Spirit's having me go ahead and stop and tell this part, Steve, is yeah. being very okay. related to that. And then if there's a follow-up in, in that direction, you're asking. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. But in when when you run a show, when you as a church are actually producing a show rather than uh, an orchestration of the Holy Spirit, if you're Sunday meeting, and this is just kind of where you end up almost having, you're just pushed into this if you're a mega church, into a show. And, and doing the best show imaginable. And, and there's like, it, it, the way you would know, if you're part of a mega church, you're wondering if y'all are doing it, are there any debriefings after church that you ever have with leadership on how much room did we give the Holy Spirit today? If there's no debriefings on, did we make room for the Holy Spirit? But all the debriefing is on practical matters of excellence then you know you're actually putting on a show. Oh, wow. Um, you know, worship at the altar, the tabernacle of David or whatever. And this truth, and why we have so much compromise, the Lord showed me is that, because uh, people, uh, we have assigned on the seven mountains a principality that on each one of the seven mountains. So Jezebel's the principality we've assigned to, we didn't assign, but were revealed to us, arts entertainment, that the principality is... Jezebel and people go, I thought that was Jezebel was in the church. And I say, no, the reason Jezebel is in so much of what's called the church is because a church that's basically a show is not even on the mountain of religion. It's on the mountain of arts and entertainment. Oh wow, that's huge. You have you don't even have a defense system. You don't even you don't even know who the enemy is because you're actually on the acting mountain. You're not on the worship mountain. And so when you're on the acting mountain, Jezebel has all kinds of open access to you. And it's why there is so much Jezebelic uh, infusion into the church because of that. Those the Lord is working, looking for worshipers, those worship in spirit well, and in truth. And I was going to ask, this is my follow-up question to that is, and maybe this is something you could answer. Maybe you just it's not answerable. On these mega churches that ended up compromised, did they get compromised by the devil because they got big, or did they get big because they began to compromise one day and the devil latched onto them? I mean, where did the compromise? What's the what's the lowest common denominator where this begins? In it, but well. You know, the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Is one aspect. And there are people that you're going to get targeted more. We, you know, anytime you have influence, true kingdom influence, you get targeted more. If you get targeted more, if you have uh, open doors, then yeah. oh. But it was probably about, uh, about 10 years ago, Steve, the Lord did give me uh, an insight. Really, it was based on a question I was asking the Lord. There was a reveal of all the stars the sports stars, you know, Barry Bonds, I don't remember how long ago that was, you know, he's just amazing home run hitter and just setting all the records. But then it gets discovered that uh, it's through steroids. And then oh, it, yeah. it was 
you know, whether Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, you know, all the and all these players I liked a lot. And then it was one after Roger Clemens, and it was like, oh my goodness. And then it was Lance Armstrong, and and you know, just all over the place in all kinds of sports, most sports, there was steroid use. And so that was that was uh, then gets revealed, and then they lose their old testimony, if you want to put it that way. They yeah. lose their old testimony. Again, they get considered at the end of the day, they get considered weed equivalents being terror and not they don't get to well, even yeah, show it's like a fraudulent the records that they hold are fraudulently held because they got there by cheating and it's interesting a few a number of years ago now probably 10 years ago someone i really respect who worked for me at the time and she said and, and she was talking about i can't even remember the guy's name i think it was the guy with that ended up hooked up with j-lo for a while uh the baseball player and he and she said she said it's so good that he he is not on steroids. He did, he did this all the right way. And out of, out of my mouth came flying. I said, how do you know? And that's not even my normal personality. I don't, That's not what I do. But it just came flying out of my mouth. I said, how do you know he's not on steroids? You know, he got well, then, then he came was found from... out. Yeah. So. But here's the, so the question to the Lord was, what is our equivalent? How was how that in the body of Christ? Yeah. And so, um, the way the Lord was explaining it to me is that the enemy has an ability to see who has compromised foundations in the body of Christ. And again, I'm trying to think of, ask the Holy Spirit if I should name any names or not, but I'll, I'll get the point out and then I'll see if I'll name any more names. Sometimes the illustration of names um, makes it come, makes it come home better, yeah. but he will have, um, um, well, I'll just go by the man, and, and I'll, I'll say I'll say his name because I've mentioned his name before. There was this Bishop Earl Polk, and he's the one I was saying we were triple tithing to when we're finding all these things out in some level of confronting, and we get sued, uh, you know, multi-million dollars uh, for doing it. But he was an amazing preacher. He had incredible charisma, and and so what happens is. When the enemy sees that there is a compromised individual, he will almost say, everybody back off. There's no, the warfare, back off, uh, you know, let him be advanced. And so, uh, so they will find themselves thinking they're under the blessing or deceiving themselves or under the blessing of God. I call them Jezebel steroids. I'll just get right to it. Jezebel steroids in the body of Christ where someone is expanding their ministries, expanding their voices, expanding their churches, expanding, but it's not God. It feels, I've been in the church where the Jezebel steroids were, it felt like the anointing, but I'm now used to that. It was excitement, it was hair tingling, but it was Jezebel steroids. Wow. It was the fast, fastest growing church in America and all that. But when the enemy sees compromise, what he knows is like, Puff that thing up till it's big as can be, and 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 we we know that it he the church had three hundred members when he went and really an arrangement with Jezebel and immorality and in you know overnight ten thousand people they go from three really and it was with a prophetess who was a mainline Jezebel and it went and it went you know almost overnight five thousand and ten thousand and so you have this dynamic. Uh, taking place, but the enemy knows, has sabotage built into it. 
it's going to collapse. Well, it's like he's he's saying, "Don't why do we have to bother with them? They're they're destroying themselves. Back off. Let them just do what they're doing." And yeah, it's like it's a false blessing. We'll we will not attack them, so they'll think they're being blessed, and then they'll re- really big and destroy hundreds and hundreds of lives that way. Right? Shipwreck, you know. Then there's the shipwreck of salvation, and that's that was the truth. The, you know, Church was 15,000 members. Well, I'm not sure if that's the numbers they gave. And it doesn't exist. There's no remnant, no snow, anything of it. And it's, by and large, just a shipwreck of individuals and souls. Just tons of agnostics and atheists are the fruit of that. So the enemy is like, and so he allows there to be souls getting saved. This, I mean, this was a bishop who could hold his hands out and say, come to Jesus, sweetie. And scores would come up, tears down his eyes they'd come up Mm. and it was real salvation but what happens is when you get saved under that and then they get exposed and you find out particularly if it's really bad what they were doing you're like you doubt your whole uh, you know if you're mature you're not but we'll say if you're not mature you can doubt everything that happened doubt your whole uh uh, experience yeah and you'd say to yourself did i really get saved because if i was if I, if that was exciting to me and I got saved under that, then did I get saved at all? That's what you mean by shipwreck. Yes. And we have, we, I think we had a brief conversation about this as it relates to the prophetic, Steve, is, you know, there's prophetic voices, you call them prophets or whatever. Um, and so they, they give prophetic words and you're like, wow. And then there's some that give, you know, advanced words of knowledge and they're giving phone numbers and names and, 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 you know, people just, they're so mightily impacted. Wow. God knew all these details. And then it comes out that they research to find these names or numbers. And then, and then everybody who's ever got a word from that person doesn't know if they did that all the time. Right. In a moment of, uh, was this their pattern or was this uh, when they got under pressure and fear and worried that, have anything but it puts the entire ministry in every word they gave and then all of a sudden you have even seasoned people of god like us uh um, looking at wow i've been holding on to word he gave me from years ago i had one of those johnny and i talked about that i not by name or anything but by this person and this word was profound and then i found out that he was getting all kinds of illegal by looking up the information and registrations and i thought well the stuff he gave me could have been looked up Everything he gave me could have been looked up, public record, and I and and so I kind of threw it away. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure it was wrong, but there's the shipwreck part. You know, it's like exactly putting more faith to it. Because you know, why would I put faith in it? He might have. It might have been fake. So I, 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 I. So it's 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 so damaging to the body of Christ. And if if there's any the good heart. Uh, good-spirited leaders in the body of Christ who carry an anointing. You care for the flock. You care really for God's heart, and you care for God's heart. If you care for God's heart um, as it relates to his children, you, you cannot allow the enemy to use you in this kind of way where you, you will shipwreck all the good you did. You can look back and say, well, I've led so many thousands to the Lord. I encourage so many thousands. But if you, at the end of the day, if you end up showing weed seed, if you if you if the evidence of your fruit is is that, then you don't just shipwreck yourself. You you 
you endanger the spiritual well-being of so many sons and daughters of the king. So if, if I can just challenge you, admonish you, if you're one of those who's in any kind of way compromising in that kind of way, this lawlessness that's being addressed, the angels are coming and that we're into a new harvest, we're into a new age. And so this age is ending, we're entering in a new one. And so there is, there is this dynamic of uh, change taking place and the Holy Spirit is driving it. The angels are very involved and we're going into a harvest, but it's not uh, some things that seemed, it, this is a good way of saying it, something, because people ask, you mean God was okay with something before and now he's not? It literally is in a way, that's what you're hearing. Because if you go to the question, the workers say, Shall we remove him? Look what he's doing. He's doing wrong. It's like, no. Does that mean it's okay with God? No. But he's caring for not just that individual. He's caring for the situation. Yeah. He's caring yeah but you're going to say, honestly say, it's not okay with God, but it looks like it's okay with God. You're just going to have to have peace with that. He knows when to expose, I guess, you know. The main thing is there comes a day where it's not okay. Yeah. And what you, they were See, that was Samson. Samson was getting away with something. He just shake things off and he's fine. But then all of a sudden his hair was cut and the anointing was lost. And it says he did not know the spirit of God had left him. And so that that's one example. It changes. So we want those who are involved, ministers, leaders who are involved in sin and in lawlessness. You think it's OK because it's been growing. Well, I mean, I've been doing this for five years. God hadn't judged it yet. It's he has been caring for other things, but his eye has been on you the whole time. And angels are going to be a part of this of this justice part. Okay, so if we got time for a few questions, uh, we got about 10, 15 minutes or so. But let's ask you two or three questions. By the way, they wanted me to remind you that to to uh, write in your questions for next week or the weeks after uh, to johnnyandleunfiltered.com. JohnnyEnloUnfiltered.com. Uh, that's a website, so you type in that, and then there'll be a form that you can fill out with questions. So, okay, <clears throat> pardon my cough here. Um, how Joyce is saying, how do I answer a person who thinks that the only word from God is from the inspired word of God, that's in quotes, the Bible? They feel that any word from a prophet is not a word from God to be listened to. And I, I assume by that they mean there's no such, they believe there's no such thing as a prophet. So what she's wanting to know what how do you answer somebody or do you even bother to answer someone like that what 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 would you say Well that is a worthy question do you even bother the question the answer for your is that you know Jesus I don't have the scripture in front of me but he you know he had to share with scribes Pharisees and all that you search the scriptures because you think in them you yeah. find eternal life and he says but here I am. And so what he's, he was saying is they knew the scriptures, the written Bible, but they didn't know him. And he always prioritized the living communication from God. So he even said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit and he will be the spirit of truth. He will tell you, he will remind you of things as John 14, John 16. He will remind you of things that I'm telling you, but he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. Uh, last on that is. You look at his priority in the book of Acts, Acts 1, last days, the last words of Jesus 
His last words were, were to go to the upper room and to wait for the promise of the Father, to wait for the Holy Spirit, who had, he had already told him he's going to be the spirit of truth, the spirit of counsel. He's going to tell you things that I have not been able to tell you yet. He literally said in John 16, many things I would want to tell you, you're not ready for it yet. The Holy Spirit's coming. So here's, his, here's Jesus who gives the last commandment to his disciples. His last instruction was for them to prioritize receiving the Holy Spirit. And he did so at the expense even of telling them he, he could have saved, quote, the church 300 years of arguing over what books of the Bible were the books of the Bible because he didn't bother telling them as he left. You know, by the way, the books of the Bible are Matthew or the New Testament, mm -hmm. Mark, Luke, John, Acts, et cetera, et cetera. And he didn't tell that. And so there was, you know, all kinds of books. There's epistles of Thomas, epistles of other epistles of Peter and Shepherd of Hermes and uh, all these other books that were uh, at different churches. They would have one church to have, you know, 13 books of the Bible, no one's 73. And um, they wouldn't call them books of the Bible, just inspired words. We would think of it as books of the Bible. But I asked the Lord, I go, why didn't you just go ahead and settle that? Yeah. Why would, at least let's get the manual correct. What and did he say? He said, I shared what was important. And he said, <laughs> what was important was the Holy Spirit, because without him, it's not going to make sense. He's the spirit of truth. He gives you the, the rhema of it. You know, the, that's a whole other message as well. Remember the temptation of G Jesus, Matthew 4, Luke 4. It's a scripture quoting contest in some ways between Satan and Jesus. It's true. He will give his angels, this is Satan saying to Jesus, cast yourself down. You know, it says in Psalm 91, he will give his angels charge concerning you to keep you. And so then Jesus said, he also says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God, get behind me and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's kind of scripture quoting, but one's inspired and anointed and one's distortive. Yeah. One is in the scripture. And so the Lord said, you really think knowing what books he says with the books y'all agree on, you have four at the time, 40,000 denominations and a denomination. <laughs> split off of some other interpretation of the manual. So the supposed unity that you would get from all recognizing the same book didn't happen because there's not enough welcoming of the Holy Spirit. It was the priority, Acts 2. It's still the priority till this day. He is the spirit of truth. He confirms with you, to you, the things that are of value. That's good. All right. Uh, Jim says, I'm on the entertainment mountain for children and their families. Our gift is to bring God's joy. Do we do we necessarily have to share do we necessarily have to share the gospel to be effective for the kingdom of God? So I guess he, he's probably not seeing himself as evangelistic. So there's his question. Very good question. And I'm glad he was asked and it's a worthy point. When we talk about the seven mount mountains again, for those who don't know the about the seven mountains. There's seven primary spheres, seven primary mountains of society, media, education, government, economy, family, arts, entertainment, mountain of religion. Mountain of religion is where we generally think of the church being. It is only the mountain of religion where your specific assignment is to get them saved. It's only on that mountain that the specific assignment is to have him enter into, it's not even the sole assignment, but that's where you present him as redeemer, and it's really covering the basis of their eternal security. And, and you know, John 3.16 is your verse. 
And, and it's one aspect of who he is. We make a connection between the seven mountains and the seven spirits of God, seven aspects of who he is. Uh, God is redeemer on the mountain of religion. That's who we present uh, in the church. We'll say God as creator, the creative one. See, the, the seven mountains are meant to display seven nuanced aspects of who he is in heaven. We're not just going to walk around in heaven and say, wow, Jesus saves. We're going to go, oh, my goodness, look at his creativity. He's going to showcase the creative part, the way he communicates. We'll say media, the communication system of heaven is going to blow us away. We're like, oh, my goodness, the economy of heaven, how things are spoken into being. We're going to be blown away with how he provides in heaven, how he communicates in heaven, how he's papa in heaven, how he's king in heaven, how he runs government. It's not... There's no martial law in heaven, but it's it's not every man as he pleases. But this this man is saying he's identifying himself not as the mountain of religion, but as of entertainment for children and their families. But then he goes on to say, because our gift is to bring God's joy. So to me, he's saying I'm on entertainment and I'm on religion. He's on both mountains. So well, maybe. So let me get right to that point now, Steve, is that. Okay. I would have to ask him a couple more questions. Yeah. Say he's a comedian. If you're a comedian, and, and so you're Mountain of Arts Entertainment comedian, and so one of the things is not to bring defiled humor. And really, defiled humor is just a lack of uh, talent in, in your comedy. And when you have to resort to F words, every other word, it's just because it's not funny uh, enough. And so you're getting, uh, that's my view view on it. And so, uh, and so, there, there are people, uh, I'm trying to think of some names of some comedians, who, like if you're bringing joy, you are, you are doing what you should do on the Mountain of Arts Entertainment. One of the things you want, because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence isn't just salvation. In his presence is fullness of joy. So if you're able to bring something from his presence to your mountain, you are advancing the cause of the kingdom there. And you don't have to have John 3.16. In fact, you kind of probably will mess it up if, if you try to stick John 3.16, uh, you, especially if you apply this to um, uh, movies. You know, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, what was the one on, on uh, where the lion... Uh, the lion, witch, and the wardrobe, that one? Well, the one where he's the sacrificial lamb on the rock. I don't know if you oh. remember. It was the message of salvation. Okay. Clear as can be. The sacrifice, there's a lot, he laid down his life. There's the blood that was on there. And so you're like, oh my goodness, it was the creative storytelling, C.S. Lewis. You got to be creative storyteller where you give kingdom, if they can remember this, if you're giving kingdom breadcrumbs, that's your assignment on the mountains. And then if they ask to come to the Lord, um, yes. And I'm not saying you can't mention the Lord, but the goal is not to have to have. Uh, an altar call at your movie or an altar call at everything you do. If you bring them values, if you show them, again, that story of redemption was there. There are certain of those uh, Marvel movies, uh, you know, the superhero things where it's about courage and unity and overcoming evil and being, uh, it, those are kingdom breadcrumbs. Those are, you, well, you know, I'm thinking back in our day, it was Red Skelton. He was the comedian, and he was clean, clean, clean. He was hilariously funny, and he was a one-man, uh, you know, he was amazing. And then at the end, he'd say, everyone, good night, and God bless you. And he'd say it with such humility. He'd say, good night, and God bless, you know. And he, he, Red Skelton was like the purest form of 
So it's like for our generation, it was someone like that. You're saying if there's someone like that and you're just having fun, God's not saying if you don't uh, lead these kids to the Lord, then you're not doing what what your job is. He's not saying that. Is that right? And, it, and, and again, our resource really goes into the details on our seven mountain resource, our last one rise. But we say we, we identify a lie on every mountain that the enemy is bringing. And so you're oh, wow. assigned to counter the lie. The lie that the enemy has on the mountain of arts and entertainment is that our God is not fun. Okay. That sense of humor. And that he has no capability of having a sense of humor, even because he's too serious and he's too concerned about everybody going to hell. And so to the degree we carry that, we're advancing the lie on that mountain. And so he wants to show, because it says in his presence is not just a little wry humor. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, pleasures forevermore. I think you'll hear Pat Kerr will tell you, you go to heaven and 50% of heaven is yeah. party Fun. and joy. Yeah. The other, other 50, I think, was just being awestruck by, by, by everything. Like that, yeah. So if you're able to provide that, you are providing a kingdom reality. And the problem is even most believers and Christians, uh, even ones, that's why we're so early in the process, even of learning how to be uh, how to be seven mountaineers, those who advance, because we have such an old mindset, an old grid. Um, we think through like we have to have notches of souls that came to the Lord or we didn't do our assignment. No, if you're there and you excellently produce a movie, has a great storyline, you produce whatever fashion design, anything that ultimately people want to know their attention is drawn to you in some ways. Like, where did you get that? And he's like, well, you know, I serve God and he's got some of the best ideas and some of the best, you know, it gives you a chance. It's, it's total biblical Matthew four, Matthew five. Uh, so let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. You don't have to go around every uh, you know at every show and and sign on the dotted line john three sixteen. you can that the red skeleton example is awesome you just god bless you or god loves you or something like that not that you have to have to do that but when attention comes to you it gives you your chance to give credit to who you got it from who you got the creativity so it's able to change see there's a distorted perception of our lord on planet earth and that's that He's not fun. He's not capable of having fun because he's too concerned with our sins. And there couldn't be anything further from truth because they're all is extremely aware of our sinfulness. Yeah. All of us things from above and they're still they don't walk around. Dang, we would have joy here, except for there's too many sinners down there. No, <laughs> feel that. So we have to be able to see that and showcase that in society. Well, good, good, good. Well, that's our time, Johnny. Anything you want to tell people uh, as far as your website or anything, places you're going to be? Our website, yeah, we're not in our normal location. People may be able to see that, and we probably won't be that following week as well. We won't tell anybody. We're learning not to tell everything. But sure. um, uh, it's, it's a good place uh, for us. And restore7.org, I guess, and we, we, do, we don't have the .org, but Restore 7 like that with the .org. That gets you to all everything that's Johnny and Elizabeth. Yeah, and we, we've had some important programs. Elizabeth and I do these up for discussion. We did a long, I think it was an hour and 40 minutes, since you may or may not want to go that long on from last week where we went into in-depth Elizabeth's trip, what she saw at the pit, at, at what was revealed. And then, of course, I add to it, and we speak into what's going on 
for our nation as it relates to that. But whether it's that one or other ones, um, we did a, a recent one, Is Tithing Biblical? And, um, and we, covered, uh, we covered all kinds of aspects with that. It's being talked about a lot right now in the body of Christ. You know, there's less than 5% of the body of Christ does tithe. And so, and, wow. and it's- Wow, less than 5%? Yeah, 8% of the, uh, uh, what they call the elders generation, and then 5% of the boomers, and then 4% of uh, millennials. No, I forget what it is. The progression is down to the last generation. If they're the generation Gen Z, it's 1%. So there's some adjustment that we recommend, and it's just as good for pastors uh, as it is for anybody else, because uh, um, whatever, you know, generosity is inescapable as being a focus of the scriptures of yeah. Jesus and everything. And so, uh, but sometimes some legalist things and legalism things don't survive because of lack of understanding or, or, or uh, um, you know, not enough scriptural backing for it. We, we hit it all. We were pastors for 15 years. We actually implemented uh, what, what I'm teaching on there as, as pastors. And, and, um, and it was amazing how the Lord uh, responded in every way, making congregation feel better. Uh, I'm starting to tell too much about it. I better just, it's, that's, that's there. I can't, I can't tell more about that as well, but we have. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, hope people will avail themselves to that. Johnny, thanks so much. Let's see. Uh, Greg Phillips, uh, who is part of the movie uh, 2000 Mules, will be giving us a report on the next reveal that you just were talking about with Elizabeth and that they revealed on the weekend. He's going to come on the show and reveal that to us. He and Kathy, Catherine Engelbright, is that the way you say her name? Engelbright? Uh, uh, did, that, did that movie, no. two, 2000 Reels. It was awesome. So, All right. God bless you, everyone. Thank you so much. We we really welcome you to this week and to this uh, whole prophetic things we're doing. And it's going to get better and better all week long. So God bless you all. And we will see you tomorrow. Okay. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.